Chapter Nine of France to Scandinavia by Frank G. Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. Shops, large and small. Nothing shows so well how Paris is working as a visit to the shops. There are tens of thousands of stores, all full of goods and all busy. The store windows are a museum of fine stuffs, novelties, and new creations. Some tiny shops have displays worth a fortune. I stopped this afternoon on a fashionable street before a store not much bigger than a piano box in whose little window was a display of wristwatches such as, I venture to say, you cannot find in New York or Chicago. Behind the plate glass against a background of black velvet were scores of watches, each as small as a postage stamp and many but little thicker. One, the size of my thumbnail, had a face of platinum encircled with diamonds and the bracelet to which it was fastened was of pearls exquisitely set. Had I a sweetheart, I would have walked from Berlin to Paris to buy it for her. Other watches were fastened to ribbons of silk. Some were set in pearls, and some hung on bracelets decorated with diamonds. In a window farther on, I saw a collection of nothing but cigarette cases, gold and silver and diamond strewn. In another, that of a famous dressmaker was a doll dressed as a model. It advertised a new costume, and the face was so artistically cast that the doll might hold an honored place in almost any museum. The shop windows here are better dressed than those of America. In the larger establishments, they can hardly compete with New York, but in the little places, they are far more artistic than ours. This is true of even the meanest shops in out-of-the-way quarters of Paris take a fruit store. Each rosy-cheeked peach lies in a bed of white cotton. Strawberries as big as hen's eggs are each placed on a green leaf, and half a dozen blue plums or three or four bunches of grapes are laid out on the table as though for a banquet. It is the same in the grocery stores, where squashes and turnips, green beans and peas are piled up as at one of our country fairs, and the chickens and game are dressed with their heads tucked under their wings. The chickens lie on their breasts with a little printed price mark pinned to the center of each rosy back. They are clean enough to kiss, and I do not wonder they sell. These displays are all hidden in the evening. The stores, which open at about 9 a.m., close at 7 p.m., when every window is covered with a shutter that slides down from the top, making a wall of sheet iron over the front. At the same time, the clerks leave, crawling out through a little door in the iron about a yard high, a long procession of women and men issuing forth single file almost like so many dogs. They straighten up immediately, however, and walk off so jauntily that one would never imagine they had been working all day. Paris has a hundred small shops and factories where Chicago or Philadelphia has one. The French are a nation of individualists, and every little store has its specialty. The business of such stores is often run by the whole family. The wife does not think herself too good to keep the books, serve the customers, or in fact manage the shop when her husband is out, and the children of more than school age help too. In fact, the whole family is bound up in the little shop as a cooperative enterprise, and in it they live the greater part of their home life. The French women are capable, and many a war widow is running a shop formerly kept by her husband, and running it well too. But there are also department stores, some of which cover acres and compare favorably with those of the states. 
here the volume of business is enormous and the buildings are thronged in the small shops there are often no price marks but in the department stores the goods have tags with plain figures and the foreigner need not be on his guard against paying more than he should the clerks everywhere are uniformly courteous and almost always well dressed the saleswomen wear only black and the floor walkers have long coats like those of the old-fashioned preacher many of the clerks have luxuriant whiskers for in france the hair grows on man's face i may say also on his head for we yankees have seven bald heads where the french have one there are quite as many young beards as old ones and some of the middle-aged salesmen who have served me looked as though they had never been shaved i like to study the whiskers they are beautifully combed and now and then parted in the middle thousands of men wear mustaches and some have such fierce-looking ones they make me think of porthos or d'artagnan insulted and ready to fight there are several department stores here that do a business running into the tens of millions of dollars a year one of these the bon marche is run on the cooperative principle with the salespeople among the stockholders i understand the shares are steadily increasing in value from year to year and that every clerk in the establishment gets a percentage above the amount paid him as wages the bon marche was founded by the son of a hatter named boucicot who began in a small way but who gradually built up the business into one of the greatest in all paris boucicot married a working girl and after he died his wife took the business when she died she made a will leaving it to her employees and assistants all employees are fed free of charge they have a luncheon at noon which is much like our dinner it consists of soup meat vegetables and a dessert there were one thousand men at the tables the other day when i entered the dining room and several hundred women at meals in the room adjoining the dining hall which is six hundred feet long covers about half an acre and has eighty windows i noticed that each clerk had a bottle of wine at his place and that everyone had coffee at the close of the meal from the dining rooms i was taken into the kitchens where at least a score of cooks scullions and butchers were at work when the whole store takes mutton chops for dinner the meat is cooked in grills which open and shut just like a waffle iron if you would take two iron barred garden gates and hinge them together so that they could be laid on the coals you might have something like one of these grills each will hold a hundred chops and six hundred steaks or chops can be broiled in twelve minutes seventeen hundred pounds of potatoes are fried at the same time and one thousand four hundred eggs can be boiled at once connected with the bon marche are lodging houses for the women employees who are given rooms linen heat and food free of charge all employees after five years service have an interest in what is called the boucicot provident fund consisting of a certain amount of the profits of the house proportionate to the salary received four per cent interest is paid on the accumulations of this kind and this is added to the capital after a woman has been employed for fifteen years or a man for twenty he or she can withdraw this capital or the same right is given upon reaching fifty years of age if a girl marries however she may draw the entire amount of her capital irrespective of the term of service in addition to this there is another fund which provides pensions for such employees as have worked in the store for twenty years or have reached old age the wages paid are i understand about the same as those of other establishments but the employees receipts largely depend 
on the amount of their sales, regular commissions on such sales being given. In many respects, it seems to me that the merchants of Paris have poor business methods. The average store has neither cash register nor cash carrier, nor even a cash boy or girl. When one makes a purchase, the clerk must carry the article to the three or four bookkeepers who sit behind a counter at one end of the store. Here she shows the goods and her sales slip to a bookkeeper who copies the items and prices in his ledger with pen and ink. Just yesterday I bought at the bazaar of the Hotel de Ville a basket trunk as big as a writing desk. The frail girl who sold it to me bent half double as she shoved it along through the aisles over the floor of the room, which covered a quarter of an acre, till we arrived at the bookkeepers on the opposite side of the store. I took out my watch and found that it took me just twenty minutes to have the purchase recorded and order the goods sent to my hotel. There is always a long queue of customers about the bookkeepers, and this clogs the business. Indeed, it seems to me that Paris often uses three people to every one in New York or Boston, and that the stores make buying a good deal of a burden. End of chapter 9